<clears throat> so welcome to Inside Out with Sahas and Ali, episode 11. We talk about mindset, mental health, challenge your belief system and push you to ask more wires to help you find the genius inside of you. Yes, I said genius because you are one. We are grateful to you, all of you guys who are listening to us on different platforms like Spotify, Google, Breaker, Anchor and Apple. Please do leave a comment on any of the platforms, which are, whichever is your favorite platform and tell us how are we able to help you in your journeys because that would be really very much of a value to us. If we are making any constant efforts into your journeys and if we are trying to help you with your mindset and br- bring you stories of the people who are actually you know, giving you strength to speak yours, I think that would be the greatest gift for us if you could just let us know how are we doing with this platform and this uh, uh, podcast. So in today's uh, episode, we have a very special guest, Kushnaz. Kushnaz has been through the immigrant hustle like a lot of us. She has moved to Canada uh, around, uh, I think, around four years ago from India. And she had find herself to start all over again, just like all of us, right? Like whenever we move to a different country. So it's like, you know, starting from scratch. Despite the culture and the languages uh, differences, she has always been able to preserve through it uh, on her own. Kushnaz has become a realtor and founded her own company, The Property Ladder, uh, based in Toronto itself. She is doing excellent in her uh, work and despite all the stuff going through in the difficulties and challenges being a startup, she has been able to go through and get through those challenges on her own. But you know, there are always twists and turns in the life and what life throws at you, it's on you. How do you bring those things and experience? Either you're going to lose it or you're going to, you know, learn from it and go ahead. So let's ask from Kushnaz, how has her journey been and how does she cope up with her day-to-day struggles? Welcome Kushnaz. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Firstly, that was a great introduction. So thank you for your kind words. And um, secondly, yeah, so I moved uh, in 2015. And um, like you said, it was just like every other, I guess, immigrant story and experience where I think for me, I didn't really understand the gravity of the situation when I actually moved here. It's always, I think you come with like a vacation mindset, almost you're going to school, you don't really Um, it's almost like you look at it like uh, how you watched uh, movies and just shows and that kind of an experience but it's only after you move here and a few months later where reality hits where it's like you've uprooted your entire life and um, you know you're 22 but you suddenly feel like you have these responsibilities you almost hold yourself more accountable I think because you've moved like you've left your family behind you've it's easy it's convenient it's that comfort zone and um I think that was the hardest part for me when I, it it wasn't my first move and like, you know, experiencing people and building those relationships. It felt exciting in the beginning. And it was only after a few months that I actually started to feel a little, um, not depressed, but I think that's when it kind of hits you and you realize that every decision you make from now on, you're the one responsible for the consequences of your life and how it's going to play out. So yeah, I think it was, um, while I think it's the hardest thing I've done, I also feel like it's very empowering and it gives you a different sense of self and identity. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, yeah that's very true. How have things been so far with you now that it's been like around four years and you found your company and you look like you're, it seems like you're doing really well. How, yeah. have it, how has it been? Yeah, so I moved here when I was um, 22 and I did my postgrad mm-hmm. in uh, international fashion management. I was like, you know, I'm coming here. I'll do my program. Mm-hmm. I'll be a, I wanted to become a buyer. I felt like I was on track. And I finally 
kind of reached that i was doing i was an assistant buyer and i just realized after two years doing that that you know like i want more from what i'm doing and if i've made such a big jump i might as well do it the way i want to do it and actually um have control over my life and not just make money but actually have the time to enjoy that money mm. and have control mm. over my life and i'm not saying uh, being in real estate i have a lot of time it's not like that but i still get to decide how much i want to work and if i don't want to i am my own yeah. boss so you're even more accountable for what you do and i think that's great yeah yeah it's so true yeah so before we talk about your business and the challenges that you have been going through tell us something about your childhood how was it and where was it like where in india okay so uh, i was born in pune my mom's family is from pune she was from an army family and my dad's from bombay so i was actually in boarding school since i was 9 oh okay yeah. which one so yeah i was in boarding school both my parents were flight attendants with air india mhm so since i was a kid i used to you know when they were flying um, i used to live with my aunt in uh, in bombay and when they were back so i had like two school buses i had two different places and then i went off to boarding school and it was the best experience of my life where was it uh, it was in it was close to hours from pune so it's a kfi school it's a krishnamurti foundation school called sayadri mm. and i was there from 2002 to 2008 and um it was a different kind of a school it's founded by this philosopher called j krishnamurti and they believe in um self excellence so i didn't have grades until the ninth grade i didn't have exams we didn't have uniforms we had you know compared to day schools you know how mm-hmm. it is where you have yeah. like 50 60 people in a class i had 18 people in my class 220 mm-hmm. students in the entire school and um wow. i just loved it like i think that experience really changed me because um my school like they said it, it didn't believe in okay just your grades and you know how india is it's so mm, like yeah. so much competitive so i think they just believed in asking questions we had this thing called culture class which i think everyone should have where every week just for 40 minutes at a culture class we would i was on a hill it was a 100 acre campus we would go down to the river i learned dispersal of seeds through science class you know just walking mm. around and um, we just spoke about life and that experience i think just being able to think critically and ask questions um definitely has shaped the person i am today no this is amazing wow. like not many people have that kind of experiences especially in the countries like pakistan and india because yeah. we know the kind of struggle that we had to go through in the school times right Absolutely. and if, by the way when i have started in the boarding school i've started in uh, it's in dalhousie public school okay so it was a boarding school and uh, 10 years of my life I've spent there from first grade to tenth grade. No, is it in uh, Uttaranchal? No, it's in Himachal. Oh, it's in Himachal Pradesh. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I studied there, and even for us, like we started with having like the total capacity of our school had around uh, like three hundred people. We started mm-hmm. with three mm-hmm. hundred students. Which is and... very little. Sorry. That's less compared to other schools. Yeah, but slowly and gradually, you know, everybody falls into that trap of you know having more, and more, and more. Uh, so, like slowly and gradually, like we, it was a more about environment initially. It was more about culture and giving us all the knowledge about like what you talked about. Yeah. But slowly and gradually, maybe uh, it fell into the traps of the same uh, boarding culture, the way that you know all the schools are built on like Sanar or anything of that sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I would say that I had a great experience because I learned a lot of uh, from that school. But what you're talking about, I wish I had that kind of an experience. I yeah. wish mm-hmm. because I I I feel jealous. That yeah, I did. <laughs> I get it. Like anyone who left my school, they came back 
like you know how usually uh, parents back home you know sabko bolte hai na they like all they always when they want to scold you they're like um if you don't behave yourself i'm going to send you off to boarding school yeah yeah ye ulta lag raha hai hamara ulta tha exactly my dad was telling me because i was pretty like um rebellious and argumentative i think i had a phase and they just straight away they were like if you don't behave yourself we're taking you out of school and my mom's like overnight it was like a switch and <laughs> I mean, because like those those are still my friends till today. Like all those people I've known since um, almost twenty years now. It's crazy. Like wow. I've known them since I was nine, and they were like my family. Like they still are. Like I sometimes I feel like some of them know me better than my own family do, only because mm-hmm. you spent so many of those years there. But. Yeah. So so you, you know can, that's yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ali. Yeah. No, I was gonna compliment the same thing uh, you were saying that it's so unusual to hear that schools like these. are uh, pushing these kind of questions that's yeah. amazing you had that experience and it kind of shows you know uh, having that different mindset impacts you very different detail adulthood yeah that was something that's interesting so uh, another question from the childhood memories itself like uh, this is about the school so what how was your experience with your parents living with your parents and how did they help you to grow like were there any challenges or was um, it like you know you like you said you were a bit of a rebellious so like how yeah. did that go with your parents i mean i was pretty argumentative only cuz so firstly i'm an only child so oh. i also did oh. you know what i mean it's just like i so mm. i wasn't i used to get along i was uh, my parents were kind of strict i would they just like all most indian parents right like they're strict they're not like overly like they won't just keep praising you for no reason like they really call you out but i like <laughs> I think our parents, your parents should give you a reality check. You know what I mean? You shouldn't unnecessary. I don't know. I just believe in that, and I think um, my parents were amazing. I think I've grown closer to them now as I've gotten older. Because um, after say after boarding school, I went to bishops actually, which is kind of like Sanawar. You know what I mean? Like with the mm-hmm. uniforms and super strict, and right. I was losing my mind there. I was like, what is this place? But again, I made good friends, and then. I went off to university, so I went home. I went back home from nine to twenty-one. I was out. So when I finally came back to Bombay and I was working with Diesel, um, my parents and I were very open, and we were just like, you know what? Like they, I think for parents who send their kid off to boarding school, it's almost like they feel like okay, they st- we still have to have control over our kids. Like we don't want them to feel like they're super independent. And I think I was just used to being too independent. So when I finally came back. It's a little bit of a struggle, right? But I also think once you start to make your own money, your parents respect you because they know that you're responsible for yourself. So it was easy. Like I got caught doing a couple things sometimes, and they were just like, you know, you don't have to live here. Like if you want to find your own place, you want to do things your way, go ahead. Just be honest with us. Yeah. 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 It's good. Very respectful. Yeah. Also, after they were very strict, and then once I moved to Canada, they softened. You know, now they're just like, "Oh, how are you doing? Like everything's okay." Just that's so interesting. Like that transition, I've noticed that in a lot of like parenthood stories, is that yeah. they start treating you like adults, and you become <laughs> more like a friend than a son or a daughter, right? Exactly. Um, I feel like that. It's it's funny how that works. Yeah. I mean, I still feel like a kid. Don't get me wrong. Like I keep telling my boyfriend, mm-hmm. like you know, when I take you, when I. take you like finally when i can go back home to visit and take him with me i'm like i feel like i'm going to become that child mm-hmm. again you know because your parents know how to push yeah. your buttons like they know where those exactly. buttons exactly exactly just mm-hmm. but yeah no absolutely and uh, so like talking back again about your uh, so you started working with diesel after once you graduated right yes that's right so i was go ahead you go ahead go ahead no 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 go ahead so when you started working with her how was that experience like 
you started you were still living with your parents or you moved out like you said or how was that oh no i was in bombay so i couldn't afford the rent obviously oh, yeah. <laughs> so no i and i basically i knew i was working only for a year because i i was applying for uh, to come to canada anyway that's always been like my not goal but i feel like ever since i was a kid i i just knew i wanted to live abroad and have that experience and mm-hmm. i had told myself that i'll give myself 5 years and then i'll decide whether i want to go back or stay and now it's been 5 mm-hmm. years and i think i've decided to stay so i like that mm-hmm. diesel was good i loved it i just um, i knew it was um i knew that it was temporary i knew that it was for one year so i really feel like i made the most of it i was doing sales i got to do visual merchandising and uh, diesel was part of reliance so i just feel like we had a good work culture i liked the people that i was working with and mm-hmm. yeah i enjoyed myself i i made the most of it now uh looking back to your childhood in india and coming to canada um do you see some obviously there were differences in culture and languages but do you see some differences when it comes to um just growing up overall do you think it would it would be much easier mentally to grow up in canada as versus your childhood growing up in india no no in fact i feel like i'm very grateful that i have the best of both i okay. i feel like i was very lucky to grow up there in that it's so india's more of a collectivist culture right compared to canada mm-hmm. which is very individualistic so i just feel like the in india people are so important like you'll never in india whenever you go back to south asia you won't feel alone you yeah. always feel like there are people around you and um one thing yeah family is really big in our culture yeah, i don't know not just family i feel like even friends like you have you all you always have people around you that you know like you can never mm-hmm. really feel alone like at least that's how my experience was whereas when i came here i felt like i had people around me but i felt that loneliness because i didn't feel at home with the people around me so i think that's the difference that i saw and i think it's harder for people to grow up here only because i've i didn't hear about so many people having anxiety back home and when mm-hmm. i moved here like i felt like maybe there was more mental awareness but i just felt like um it was like hush hush you think yeah i guess it was it's also hush hush but i also feel like people here like in an individualistic society i think you feel like you are still on your own and that's what i learned after coming here like mm-hmm. by the end of it you are your own person whereas i feel like back home it's very really easy to kind of rely on people and it's it i feel like there's more support yeah. back home and maybe that's because i didn't grow up here and i don't have family here and i guess it's different but i think i like that i like the I like growing up with so many different communities and learning so much and celebrating mm-hmm. one's festivals and you know I think it keeps you grounded and yeah I think I I don't know I think it was easier for me Yeah no you do do see a good point I see that a lot as well as that uh countries like Pakistan India you can always rely on even though if you don't want to yeah. rely on your parents something happens uh something doesn't go according to plan you have your friends over yeah. here I've noticed like when I even when I even came here you're on your own and I think that was the hardest transitioning part for anyone moving to Canada or any western country is you're pretty much on your own no one's going to ask if you ate today no one's going to ask hey how are you doing um you got to figure out that shit on your own basically yeah. yeah you really have to and i i i think that was a good thing for me because i was very like i didn't really stand up for myself like that's what i had realized mm-hmm. about my own self but um, yeah no same here like you become too dependent on society uh, yeah. and other people and you realize oh fuck no one gives a shit about me here i got to take care of my own self Like even I don't know if you experienced this but back home like when you start new like work at a new place or you're just going into a mm-hmm. new environment I didn't feel as self-conscious 
or like um, I just didn't think so much because I feel like back home when you walk into a place it's just easy. Maybe that's because mm-hmm. we grew up there again. Correct me if I'm that's, wrong. It was just well, my experience. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But I felt like over here, maybe I also feel like people take a little more time to open up. They're not mm-hmm. as unfiltered and just, you know, like yeah. back home you just, you know, you, you're mm-hmm. the first person you meet, you're going for a smoke break with them. Ah, yes. You know what I mean? Whether you go to school, like college or whatever it is. But right. here I felt like that's what I learned as well. I felt like maybe I was coming on too strong, you know, the first time I'm meeting people. So I kind of... you just take it back a little bit people take a little more time to open up so yeah maybe that's also why it might be harder to grow up here i think because you're always um, you always feel like there's like a magnifying glass on you but people are i don't feel so much judgment back home as maybe that i did initially when i moved here mm-hmm. this is a very interesting topic that you brought it up because uh, you're absolutely right about the fact that you know we we are a very culturally rich society back in india and pakistan like we believe in you know companionship we believe in fellowship we have a lot of people in our community you know too many aunties too many uncles coming to yeah. our places you know we are uh, so like if i go back home i'll be having like you know rounds of people coming in and just having a you yeah. know aur sabhi tohfe to leke jaane zaruri hai warna wapas nahi aao and all of that stuff happens but you know something that i have realized over the period of time and even when i was in india that kabhi kabhi what happens is that hum itna culturally involved ho jate hain that we forget to ask each other how they really doing from inside yeah and that disconnect i've somehow found more in our society back in india also because we don't talk about these things the reason yeah. why i say that because i've personally experienced it so there was a time in in my life and uh, uh like even uh, ali could say for that for himself i was completely depressed i was completely you know i were not able to come out of my own cocoon because there was nobody to talk to mm-hmm. the reason why because if i would talk i if i would say that i need a psychiatrist to pagal hai yeah <laughs> i am thinking that. that yeah. thinking just keeps you uh, you know avoiding having that kind of a conversation itself so that is what i found a lot and the reason i think we don't talk about it much because because of the judgment mm-hmm. that agar hum ye wali baat karenge if i say that i am going through some kind of a emotional pain people will judge you oh you're not strong enough oh yeah. why i mean this is not even a real pain so i think हम इतना यूज टू हो गए हैं इन इंडिया और इन पाकिस्तान दैट यू नो फिजिकल लेबर फिजिकल हार्डशिप्स एंड द काइंड ऑफ थिंग्स दैट हमारे फादर्स हैव गॉन थ्रू या पेरेंट्स गो थ्रू द काइंड ऑफ दैट इज वाइट इज इजियर फॉर इमिग्रेंट यू नो हासिल Hawaii hassle is just like whatever we are doing here and it's like common in Notice that it's so common for us like the typical Indian guy is or Pakistani guy is going to be a hustler yeah. the reason why we because hum itna apne aap ko wo train to kar chuke hain physically and but mentally somewhere it is taking a strain and somewhere we don't i didn't find that channel to talk about it and slowly gradually i learned it on my own yeah. and i found the ways to how to tackle this kind of a situation but most people don't most people are suffering from anxiety and you know always about the judgment and everything so was that kind of an experience that you share you had ever in your life where you thought that you know uh i i'm i'm being i will be judged if i do this i'll be you know experiencing some kind of a uh, rejection if i do this so i need to be talking in some some other way did you have that kind of an experience back home yeah i i think i experienced that in um when i was in college in university i felt like 
I so I completely agree with what you're saying when you when you're talking about mental health. I feel like the people are very dismissive back home about this, where it's and that's why you tend to just sweep it under the carpet and you don't talk about it because it's almost like there's no one taking you seriously, right? So I think I experienced a lot of these things, but that we didn't have so many like school counselors and there was no social media. You just had no yeah. information or awareness about mental health, and I feel like we've seen that progress in India now and just. globally i think you see that people are just so much more open to have these conversations which is amazing and i think that i definitely experienced it growing up i was also an only child right so i think i was very in my own head and i've always mm-hmm. had that fear of rejection and mm-hmm. feeling judged and i think um in university what i experienced was um most of my professors i had one professor from the states like she was indian origin but she um taught in north carolina mm-hmm. and what i used to experience with the professors was they were always like oh wo baat bahut baat karti hai she's too outspoken mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh she goes for she smokes mm-hmm. all of those yeah. things and i wasn't like the one who's going to carry the teachers back to the faculty room like that's just not me and i would feel like uh i was in design school so i had juries and it was subjective right it's not like you're writing a paper so i felt like i wasn't graded properly a lot of the times and they would pass these snide yeah. comments and i remember calling my dad once and just like very upset on the phone because as usually your dad's very like strict about your you know your marks and studies and all of that and he was just like just be the best that you can be just do so well that they can't find anything wrong with what you're doing and i think just that piece of advice has really just i've i've just always held that very close to my heart and i just follow that because i asked myself i was like have i given it the best that i could and the answer was no so yeah i definitely felt that sort of judgment then where i felt like it was the opposite where it's like oh don't talk too much don't say too much don't always yeah. speak opinion or like um 2 years ago when i moved from when i moved here like 2 years into coming here my mom was flying to new york and i went to meet her and i think one of my tops was a little i don't know was a little like not covered up maybe and she was just like oh i don't want my the <laughs> crew to see you like that and it just yeah like i'm 26 like are you joking who cares and my parents are <laughs> open minded you know what i mean but i still feel like they can you fall into that trap of just succumbing to like society's you know what i mean these norms that you have or what will people think that's such a lo kya bolenge ye ye zindagi hai yeah pehle ho lo kya bolenge mar jao it's all about that yeah and that's that's really annoying and that's also why i was very excited to move <laughs> like, I didn't want to move to a place where I knew too many people because I just wanted to become my own person without having that sort of judgment or fear of you know someone telling my parents something. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is so true, Krishna. I'm glad that you brought it up because it's Abito like you're talking about your mother saying it, and I think it yeah. even accentuates to a higher <laughs> level altogether when it is yeah. your bahu. Yeah. Oh my. God. Right. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> right. So I think that is something very much of a challenge to even just you know think about it. Like there are there are, मतलब भी वो difference दिखता है. Like if you have a daughter, if you have a, a daughter-in-law, the rules will not be the same. Yeah. There's always double standards. There will always be double standard. No matter मेरे family में भी होगा. I'll I'll be I'll I'll be very candid about it. It's there. Yeah, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. I mean, wo, the same rules will not be applied to my sister. Uh, what they would be to your sister, my own, uh, yeah. wife, because unko uh, ekhi. This is what we are supposed to do. This is what a daughter-in-law is supposed to do. Yeah. Fair. Uske me logic nahi aayega. Yeah. 
exactly and i noticed that in societies like ours obviously there's good and there's bad for every culture but what really stands out and that this is something that really annoys me is that the amount of pressure we put on women to do be a certain way yeah. but at the same time we barely give them enough barely give them enough rights so for example i was watching this um, really interesting undercover video where this guy in um, was going on the streets of india and um, he was basically asking men and they had no idea they mm-hmm. they were being recorded uh that what do you think about like all these rapes or that are happening in pakistan india um how do you deal with that right and almost all of them had the same reply said yeah but you know if they didn't dress this way if uh they stayed at home you know it wouldn't happen and then you and then it turned it back on them okay what if your sister your daughter was uh raped in this case and their reply would be i would not let that happen because i wouldn't let them wear certain clothes i i wouldn't let them go to school i'll make sure they're staying at home so it's and i've noticed the same fucking argument in pakistan as well it's very prevalent that um for example uh this is going to be a really sad uh twist but there was a mother and two kids who were stuck on a motorway or highway in pakistan and uh their car broke down what happened next was basically uh, some men came uh took her beat her and raped her on the side and in front of the kids and this is a massive massive you know issue a massive uproar in pakistan um they filed the case and the police asked this is their first question what were you doing there alone not that who were the people who, who what did it look like but what were you doing there alone so these are the things that are really um and then our, our big problems and then we kind of question like why do we have such mental issues in our country well these are the people that are being you know these are the values we are holding up in our lives these are the kind of questions we are asking all the time yeah i feel like they're completely missing the point like it's so it's just disgusting these things that happen like i can't even begin to tell you how much i was scared just to travel by rickshaw my first time alone because all i saw 
and heard about were you know rapes happening you feel it like you can't walk on the street if you're wearing a skirt you can't like even in a big city you still feel like people are looking oh, yeah. at you oh, yeah. and i yeah. i think i i felt it again when i went back this time but i only felt it because i think it was my first two weeks of just again adjusting to being back home then after two weeks again i was numb to it right Yeah. Like we used to ignore it before, but that's not the that's not that's the whole point. Like you shouldn't be feeling like that. Absolutely, very important. And, thing um, that you said that you said you got numb. Yeah, you really? you just ignore it. You like have this thick skin, and I was like, look, I'm not saying I love my country, okay, but I feel like this is a problem that I mm-hmm. it just I'm not even kidding. As a kid going for tuitions, you know what I mean in the summer, yeah. like. it was i always felt it i used to also watch a lot of tv and i felt like television then was showing all of this stuff like in all these tv shows like they were showing people rape you know in fact, you know what i mean all these soap yeah. operas and stuff and that used to really get to me as a 11 year old as a 12 year old like yeah. it i it used to really freak me out that's that's the f- fucking reality and you know yeah. what really sad really problem sad problem yeah kushnaz this is what i see that it's not the problem that apni behan apni mom apni beti ko andar karo the point is apne bete ko andar karo yeah exactly baap ko andar karo the knowledge the lessons has to be learned by men not women yeah we need to be taught yeah teach us not fucking women yeah mm-hmm. the owner is on the onus yeah. is not on the woman for the way she dresses it like it starts at home i used to always think you know it's just a lack of education it's people who come from smaller places who don't have access to any education but it's not i think it's that basic education of your mind and how you're brought up like it really starts at home right if young yeah. boys are seeing this at home where there are such double standards for men and women where they feel like oh i can do whatever i want and i can shift the blame on the other person for the way they were dressed because that gives me the liberty to just jump on them and pounce on them and do whatever i can Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just pretty appalling. No, I, yeah. 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 So this is like something that, uh, like, if you remember, like, uh, Ali ne, just one of the experiences that happened. Like, you might remember something which happened in India also, which was like globally. Yeah. Uh, the the on the bus, right? Yeah. 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 yeah like what? Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, that was a massive. Uh, there was a yeah. massive uproar uh, on that. Ras, but what's her name? I forgot. Um. Yeah. Uh, BBC did a whole thing on it. Yeah, yeah. She they changed their name. Order um, of India. I don't. There were so uh, many cases like this, though. Like it's not even like that's the first one. Yeah. I remember my grandparents when I was a kid. This is like two thousand four, two thousand five. Would be scared. Like they would read the paper and call mm. me and be like, "Are you okay? Is everything okay?" Like yeah. that's not how you should feel like you're growing up. Yeah. Now, Kushnaz, like, uh, based on this, like, did you, did you ever feel uh, from your parents that, like you said, you were talking about the intense pressure to be a certain way, look a certain way? Uh, did that ever get to you mentally? Do you think? Did you do you ever think that it caused anxiety or caused you know guilt? I I I just feel like I was very lucky. Like my parents, my family, I never felt this sort of pressure. You know what I mean? That oh, I wasn't dressing the right way. Like, but just like obviously, don't be too crazy and wear like like you know what I mean. Just mm-hmm. I I never felt like that back home. I never felt like I had strict restrictions on how I should dress. And I think my parents just um they just trusted me. and i think sometimes giving your kids that responsibility and trusting them with with it makes you feel even more responsible at least in my case i feel like when i feel like someone doesn't have faith in me and they think they already are assuming that i'm going to make a mistake it almost makes me want to do that 
but i think when someone trusts you and gives you that faith and they're like you know what we know you're responsible and um, the way you behave is also a reflection on us mm. i think you just i i will i never had that experience and i feel very lucky actually mm. so uh kushnal jab when you moved here to canada so what got you to move to canada it's just that because you wanted to come to study abroad and you wanted to have that independent lifestyle or yeah how was that it was exactly that uh-huh. um yeah i think uh, so i initially i was looking at the states and um i remember going to new york when i was 14 and i passed by fit fashion institute of technology and i got some of the you know the school brochures and stuff home and i was like this is the place i'm going to go to but then i think as i was graduating i realized okay if i'm going to spend all of this money to go abroad i need to see that return on my investment like mm-hmm. i'm not just going there to study and come back and then start off again you know at the bottom like i'm going there so i have the experience so which is how i landed up on canada so it was pretty random my dad actually studied here in the 80s he went to mcgill nice and yeah so he was like oh why don't you consider canada and this is before everyone was coming here this is like 6 years ago when you know trump wasn't elected it was easy to go to the states but i just realized i was like okay if you're not a stem student so if you don't do science tech math mm-hmm. you're not going to get that you're not going to be able to get a work, a work visa so i decided on canada and mm-hmm. yeah i didn't think too much like i'm being honest i thought i was coming on vacation like i was just going to go to school mm-hmm. have fun and then you know a few months into it i'm like holy shit i've actually yeah. moved my life and now i need to get serious and yeah mm-hmm. and how, Now, how old you, were you then 22 22 yeah i think i was yeah 22 i was 22 yeah okay now when you came here um obviously there was a massive difference in culture shock um were there any limiting beliefs that you had when you came here that you had to overcome uh when you transitioned living in canada long term um yeah i think i started to actually i knew someone who had moved here a year ago and mm-hmm. i feel like um that friend like i it, that that person was my friend then like i think i just um, i felt like they were projecting their insecurities onto me almost where um i think uh, the person maybe felt those ways when they moved the year before so when i came i was excited i was just myself like i said i obviously feel like you need, when you move to a certain place you need to adopt their culture you you know you read the room a little bit learn the etiquette mm-hmm. learn the social cues and i think that um listening to the other person's negative experience and the way they were like oh you sound too indian or you know you're dressing oh, wow. like, always putting me down almost i think that really made me feel very insecure all of a sudden because i wasn't like that i was very confident i didn't think too much you know and i think when you start suddenly you know like you you listen to this person kind of who you've known back home and who starts to make you feel like that you assume that everyone's like that but that's not true people here are really nice they're super welcoming they're very accepting of your culture of your accent no matter what it is it's yeah. by the end of it i think what you realize is it's your own limiting beliefs it's your yeah. own thoughts in your head it's not other people yeah. no one has the time to focus on you everyone's too self involved <laughs> and obsessed to be like oh how does she talk or what is she wearing those are all the things that you're basically thinking about yeah so yeah, that's why i think we give ourselves all the uh, pain is like bolte hain ye kya bol raha hoga mere baare mein but he probably doesn't even notice Yeah, it's in your head, you know what I mean? And the mm-hmm. like I feel like the lesser time you spend on it, the easier it is to just move on. Like don't And and, and one very important factor like when somebody moves here and immediately wo jo accent aa jata na. Yeah. <laughs> that is just so much of 
saying uh, in a way that i want to you know be a part of this environment yeah, right yeah. like be accepted acceptable of uh, mm-hmm. the new uh, like i'm i want to be accepted yeah mm-hmm. and that changes everything yeah that changes everything I I mean I did feel like I do still like I am I'm being honest like I roll my Rs and stuff like sometimes I feel like I code switch it really depends on who I'm speaking to so if I'm speaking to some it just it depends I think sometimes now after 5 years now I don't even realize it in the beginning I was very conscious of it and I wasn't conscious of it because someone made fun of me it's because my own friend had brought it up to me mm. who yeah. had an Indian accent but completely you know what I mean it's those mm. little things and I also think it's the age I came here when I was transitioning I wasn't in university anymore I'm, you know you're starting out in your 20s but mm-hmm. i think after a certain point like i said moving here really gives you that confidence and belief in yourself like two years after being here i realized you know i did so much on my own like i'm very grateful my parents have you know backed me up and given me these yeah. opportunities but you have to give yourself credit for rising to the occasion and you know overcoming those limiting beliefs in your head yeah and one thing you i like what you said about the accent part of hasn't because um um <laughs> this is a really interesting like thing i've noticed a lot growing up in pakistan india you know we're told oh sound like english be white or oh, uh, like basically whitewashing us as a really young at a really young age and i think i've noticed when people come here they try really hard to be like local yeah. and because either they're dressing the way talking the same way and it's mostly because um our society have noticed really cherishes that idea of colonialism right mm-hmm. that uh, oh if you have a, if you're perfect in english you're probably really smart which isn't the case at all yeah and i've also noticed that the older you get you stop giving a fuck you don't care anymore because you know you 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 know you know you've experienced it it doesn't really matter if you're white black brown or you know mm-hmm. whatever um, you know people are going to treat you differently either way yeah. if I, and that's on them there's not much you can do about it i agree I think when uh, you're younger you like I said you don't have that sense of self and like a strong identity almost like mm-hmm. self identity so I think you rely on these little things right like you rely on the way you're dressed you rely on what you're saying more than the quality of what you're saying it's the way you're saying it so it's these superficial things I think you rely on because you don't really have that confidence in yourself and I think once you build your personality you realize people are they're gravitating towards you because of who you are not who you're pretending to be or not all of these little things and i think mm-hmm. once you realize that you just you know like you said you grow older you're just like i don't care i don't want to waste time i want to yeah. really have the people around me who get me and if you don't it's a good thing right like we can move on exactly uh, one question that i wanted to ask you krishna is what yeah. is your biggest fear right now since you've grown up uh, from matured enough from the time when you moved here um, what is your biggest fear So I think when I was younger my biggest fear was being lonely like just being alone and not having people and I think now my fear is definitely just I think living a mediocre life and when I say that I mean just not achieving my full potential and not realizing just wasting the the talent and the skills that I have I feel like there's always you're always growing you're always evolving and you're always changing and I think um that's my biggest fear right now just not achieving my true potential and almost you know it's it's the easiest thing to do is not work on yourself and just go with the flow and be like oh, what has to happen happen what has to happen will happen and i don't want that to be the case and so what would you advise for somebody who is going through the same kind of fear or any kind of a fear what should they do to tackle that fear um i think just 
turn off that that voice in your head i think they say when people say tune up the noise and they say other people i think for me it's my own thoughts yeah i was thinking about it the other day you know it's like just just focus on yourself that's also what my school taught me we didn't have grades because it's like don't compare yourself to other people just be nice. improving on who you are and what you're doing so a lot of the times i look at my social media like i've just started and i'm like what's happening no one's you know i'm not getting followers the new algorithm blah 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 but then i'm yeah. just like look you have decided to do a little bit each and every day and make it better and you see yourself improving so who cares by the end of it you're getting better at what you're doing and that's the whole purpose of your life in the grand scheme of things in 5 years these few months of not having or realizing those goals immediately it's not going to make any difference because you're getting yeah. better at it each and every day and that's just contributing to you being you you know achieving those goals and being on the path that you want to be so i think it's fine and self talk yeah. like for me it's definitely that i i think when you're giving other people advice it's so easy you're not subjective you know you look at it from an outside perspective and you're like don't worry you just it's bigger in your head so i almost like talk to myself sometimes as if it's not my own problem and i'm talking to my best friend because i would i love my best friend and i would only be nice to her and you're the meanest to yourself so i think that helps too so can you give us some examples like what would you say to yourself if you're having a bad day or if you need inspiration yeah i would so for example like i was um, when sahas asked me you know he's like do you want to come on the podcast and my first thing was oh, what do i have to offer like what do you mm. want to ask me you know what i mean and he was like don't doubt yourself and i just this like basically the last 10 days like i did think about it sometimes you know where i would just start overthinking like before you're going to bed suddenly it's all these thoughts like what if i'm not good enough what if i say something stupid and it's just i was just talking to myself and i'm like listen if this was my best friend i would be like why are you overthinking it this is such a great opportunity you know you're helping you're, you might be helping someone it's a good way for you to you know overcome this mm-hmm. fear it's a win win so what's the yeah. big deal and yeah that's it just just go with it it's easy like i watched your stuff and i just felt like i'm going to feel so comfortable talking to you guys and i do feel mm-hmm. like that absolutely and just the other day i was talking to somebody and uh, so i got somebody on my igtv live and yeah. uh, she, after once the igtv was done and i told she told me i was so nervous was it harvinder <laughs> yes i love that she was so like just chill and like i loved it yeah so I like so and the the great thing about her is that you know when the moment when i asked her in fact i asked her just couple of uh, uh, hours before the live was actually supposed to happen and she said yeah i'll do it I mean I I mean that's that's the kind of so like for me I the way that I resonate with that is because for me it works the same way yeah you just say yes and you, figure it out later exactly yeah. figure it out later we'll figure I'm, it out I'm still not there yet but I'm looking at it as inspiration to you know like step baby steps like slowly slowly like I don't think I I can do that like I feel like you're so brave to do that like what you did on the bus right that's the first conversation we had where I was like I heard about you when they spoke about you at the cash flow tribe boot camp and i think that's amazing it's like what mark so mark also talks about it right make your vulnerability your superpower mm-hmm. and that's where you you know just b- achieve big goals if you are vulnerable like that's just what i told to harvinder also at that moment when she told me that i was i was so nervous then i told her this is what you need to do more then yeah something that you are challenging something that is a challenge for you so yourself that's how you grow yeah. that's how you have to then you have to put yourself into those situation yeah. why do you think is the reason that we are doing this podcast because this is challenging yeah we cannot we have to make it, make it a consistent thing absolutely and that takes dedication that takes you know uh, showing up every single week 
Yeah. And it's not easy. A lot of people have made these, uh, you know, make it at a, you know, to that level where they could do it three times in a week or something like that. But doing even a f- one time in a week takes a, a bit of a challenge. Of course. Mm-hmm. But that is how you do it. Like, there's no other way. You have to yeah. just do it. You just have yeah, to be- go where the resistance is, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's more the consistency than actually doing an amazing job. And that's yeah. what we do, right? We focus on, is it that good? Is yeah. it the best? And it's like, just keep doing it little by little you're obviously improving and you're going to get there mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's it's just like you know the, the two types of brains like what even uh, ali just told about the lizard brain so lizard lizard brain is the one which says you know it's not good for you i mean why don't why are you doing it yeah. why do you put yourself in that kind of a situation where you can lose exactly mm-hmm. why do you want to lose that's what the lizard brain says and you know what he says slowly the uh, hand comes from the come with me I'll, I'll make you a coffee. I'll make you snuggle yeah. in the bed, right? <laughs> so this is what the lizard brain says. And the intellect side of our brain, which is our weakest part of our brain, which says that, you know what, this is what you need to do, but I'm very weak. You need to help me out. Yeah. yeah. I'm weaker than the lizard brain, but you need to help me out. Just, just agree with me. Stand, take a stand for me. Yeah. And that's where you need to take a stand for the weakest part of your brain. Yeah, there was this really interesting analogy I was listening to back in, uh, I think it's in the native tribes, I'm not sure, but the idea is that we have uh, two wolves in ourselves. There's a negative wolf and a positive wolf, like a bad wolf and a good wolf. Mm-hmm. Which wolf we feed is the one wolf that's going to be stronger. So uh, the bad wolf would be like our um, vices, like when it comes to, let's say, gambling or uh, things you're doing that you're not supposed to be doing. And then there's the good wolf that uh is more noble does noble things and most of the people end up feeding the wrong wolf and that's what gets stronger over time yeah because it's also easier to like feed that negative bad wolf right like it's just easy. yeah it's so easy and especially when the with the uh, like feeding with the like even even not just with the bad habits but also like you know with the negative thoughts with the negative uh just getting into the uh shades of vanity metrics on social media mm-hmm. or yeah. why i'm not getting more followers why i'm not getting more likes why am i not getting comments mm-hmm. do i need to really just pout all the time whenever i'm clicking a picture or <laughs> so like all of these things you know if i pout like this i would get better if i do use this filter i will get better that itself is you know uh, a resistance because we want to get accepted everywhere if we lose ourselves and say that you know it's not about acceptance and say that i just want to be the way that i can consistently be yeah. that changes the whole narrative that's that's so true so we, we're almost coming at the end, Kushnaz, and I've really enjoyed our talking like today. Like, like I said, like it's going to be more like a conversation, right? Like it's just like yeah. hanging out three friends, talking together and yeah. talking about life and experiences. And you bring a lot of your experiences on the table. Uh, what's next for you uh, in life right now? Um, I think just focusing on real estate. I've been doing this for like a slightly over a year now. And I think um, my main focus for the first year was just to learn as much as I can, mm-hmm. right? any opportunities you get, any leads you get, just go for it. Like I wasn't focusing on, am I doing a good job? It's more just like you're learning and you're always going to make mistakes. And um, it's very stressful because you're doing it on your own. And I think you just keep going, keep going. I just want to keep learning. That's all I keep telling myself. Because the more Mm -hmm. I learn, the better I can be and the better I am, the more confident I feel. And it just keeps 
you know, snowballing from there and do a great thing. So I think I'm just going to focus on that and, uh, you know, start creating video content for Property Ladder. I'm actually excited to do it now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. No, that that's pretty amazing. much the plan. No, but you're doing amazing with whatever you're doing with Property Ladder. And you touched on a very good point that, you know, you always have to be learning. Like even I'd say a lot of times that, you know, uh, nobody's really an expert. Mm-hmm. If I were an expert, then I would be caught. Yeah. Right. We are just on a different levels of expertise or learning curves, you could say. Maybe I might be on level two. Somebody would be on level three. Somebody would be on level one. It's just that. But the thing is, like, if you are you are already at some level, is what you need to see is, like, who you really can help under your levels. That's so true. if you're a level two, you could help the person who is on level one. Yeah. So that means for the level one, you're an expert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I think that's also one of the um, one of the biggest mistakes we make, right? We're always comparing ourselves, especially in this whole you know, era of social media where everything, you can see what yeah. everyone's okay. doing. And you always feel like the grass is green on the other side and you're always comparing yourself. But it's like, sometimes I have to check myself and be like, what you're doing, you've mm-hmm. been doing for a few months. And you're comparing yourself to someone who's been doing this for seven years. So obviously yeah. you feel that difference. Don't look at it as you're not good, en- good enough. Look at it as, I like these things about this realtor, for example. I like the way they do this. I want to learn from them. I think it's just that switch, right? Yeah. It's just that complete, the way you look at things. And um, I think we should keep ourselves busy so you're not, you know, idle mind is a devil's workshop. I really yeah. believe in that. Yeah. Yeah. Too easy to go down that rabbit hole. It's pretty scary, actually. Mm-hmm. but yeah thank you so much for having me i had the best conversation and i feel like we should do this even if we're not oh yeah recording the podcast yeah. like really enjoyed definitely. it definitely yeah, we should sure. do that. and one last thing before we end the podcast where should people find you on so they can find me on instagram as uh, propertyladder.ca for anything related to real estate and um yeah and facebook as well okay and awesome. the facebook handle is the same uh, property ladder real estate okay awesome yeah. It was lovely having a conversation with you, Khushnaz, and I think uh, it was a very straight-off conversation because it was a little different than we had from our previous conversations because we touched on points which were not really spoken about, like, you know, women and, uh, like, that idealistic society and religion and all that yeah. stuff. So thank you so much for bringing such a value on the table, and I really Thank you hope... so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> we loved it, too. Thank you so much yeah. for doing this.